Praise the Lord. How many want to remain useful to the Lord? Humility tonight, the secret of usefulness. I want to begin with 1 Samuel 15, 17. Trust will take these scriptures into our heart tonight. I believe the Lord wants to speak into our spirits. 1 Samuel 15, 17, and Samuel said, When thou wast little in thine own sight, wast thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel? And the Lord anointed thee king over Israel. Saul, when you were little in your own sight, you were made the head of the tribes of Israel. But now Saul was rejected. It wasn't but a few years into his ministry, and pride took hold of his heart. Humility, the secret of usefulness to the Lord, and the secret of continued usefulness. We must stay humble in spirit. We must walk carefully before the Lord, not let pride creep up in our hearts or any conceit or opinion of our own, but to cast ourselves on the Lord. Philippians chapter 2, 1 to 4. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, yes, there is, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. The Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was in Christ who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. The marginal says he did not think it something to be held onto to be equal with God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But Jesus said, I will take a lesser place. I will take on the form of a servant. The Father said, we need someone to go down into that sin-cursed fallen world and bring redemption and rescue the people and break the powers of darkness. And the son said, I don't count something that I need to grasp to the equality with God and stay up here in heaven. I'm willing, Father, to take a lesser place. I'm willing to serve others. I'm willing to give my life. I'm willing to walk down those dusty roads of earth. Father says you'll be despised and rejected of men. You have to give your life on a cruel cross, but in the end there will be reward for people will come out of every kindred, tribe, and nation to serve the Lord. The son said, I'm willing to do the will of my father. I'm willing to take a lesser place. I'm willing to go down to earth and become a servant to men. Verse 9, therefore God 
therefore God also has highly exalted him because he was willing to humble himself, take a lower place. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Humility, the secret of usefulness. Matthew 21, 5, tell the daughter of Zion, tell the people of God, behold, your king is coming to you lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey, not on a horse, not in high pomp and ceremony, your king, King Jesus is coming, lowly, sitting on a donkey. A donkey is a beast of burden. When you think of a donkey, you think of service, servanthood. And that's how Christ came, because he humbled himself. He could serve others. He could be despised. He could take rejection and keep doing the will of his Father. It didn't matter the temptation, the hardship, the trial. He humbled himself always to the Father's will and did the Father's will in every situation. Wherefore, therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name above every other name. Glory to God. 1 Peter 5, 5-7. Likewise, you younger people, Submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care your concerns, your struggles, your anxieties, your troubles, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Humble yourselves. Humble yourselves. That's our responsibility, to humble ourselves, to learn how to walk before the Lord in a careful disposition, in a broken and contrite spirit. And the Lord says if we will humble ourselves, he will lift us up. In due, in due time, in due season, he will lift us up. There's no doubt in it. If we humble ourselves, he'll lift us up. James 4, 6 to 10. But he gives more grace. James 4, 6 to 10. But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Sometimes we get the wrong attitude, we get the wrong spirit, we get a little testy, we start getting contentious and strife-filled and pride takes over, and we start saying things and doing things that are not what the people of God should do. It's not the humility of the Lord. 
The Bible says if we will humble ourselves, if we have a spirit, we can sense pride is creeping up in our heart or there's agitation and concern and we're upset about many things. It's a time to mourn and lament. Let our laughter be turned to mourning. Let's call on the Lord. Let's break open our hearts and say, God, I've got to get this out of me because God resists the proud. But he gives grace to the humble. And if you will humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord... He will lift you up. You know, six or eight weeks ago, by the way, it's, it's a wonderful thing when the people of God help seed the messages that are preached. Over the years, from time to time, somebody has mentioned to me, Pastor, we haven't heard a message on this for a long time. What do you think about, maybe you could seek the Lord for that and you know, some of those seeds go right down deep. Well, six or eight weeks ago, a lady in this church named Karen gave me a little piece of paper, little green paper, and on it were written some statements. And on a Tuesday night, she handed them to me, and I read them. They were statements on humility. And it's interesting how sometimes when the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you, something doesn't leave you. You know, I kept that little piece of paper in the front of my briefcase, and I looked at it every few days because I felt the Lord was wanting to speak to me and to all of us. And one of the statements, there were three statements on humility, but one of them was right here. Humility is the bloom and beauty of holiness. Humility is the bloom and beauty of of a holy people, of a holy life. Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, burdened down with life and many things, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus said, I am meek and lowly in heart. Come learn of me. Come learn to walk like I walk before my Father. And you will find rest. Your burdens will drop. And you will live in the presence of the Lord. The word lowly, the definition is right in the word lowly. The word literally means low to the ground. Not lifting up ourselves, not exalting ourselves, low to the ground. And meekness is a surrendered life. The meek shall inherit the earth. The meek shall inherit the earth. The meek are those who are surrendered. Meekness is not weakness. Meekness is a life beautifully surrendered under the hand of Almighty God. A life lived not in our own strength, but lived in the power of the name of the Lord, in his promises, in his spirit, in his word. One of the quickest ways to cut off our usefulness is to get proud, to get pride-filled, to start operating in our own strength, our own mind our own ability. Pastor Mark 
sent me a text the other day with this word on it from William Gurnall. Humble souls are fearful of their own strength. William Gurnall, Puritan preacher of the 1600s. What a word. Humble souls are fearful of their own strength. Say, well, I can do all things. Yeah, through Christ who strengthens me. We're more than conquerors. Yeah, through him who loved us. Who is sufficient for these things? Our sufficiency is of God. Paul the Apostle said, I am the least of all the apostles. I am the least. He said, I serve the Lord with tears and humility and weeping day and night. He said, I am the least of all the apostles. Those words from a man who shook nations and wrote half the New Testament. He said, I'm the, I'm the least. I am less than the least of all the apostles. And he said, the one thing that I carry in my heart always, in my mind, is that I persecuted the church of God. A Pharisee of the Pharisees, supposedly a holy man, filled with all the grace and goodness of God, and yet out persecuting the church, imprisoning men and women. Paul remembering the time before he met Christ on the Damascus Road, how he'd go into houses and arrest with his officers people and take out fathers and husbands and wives would stand there weeping and children would be crying out imprisoned, some put to death. The Bible says he was breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the people of God. Now he's born again. Now he's serving the Lord with a mighty ministry. But he said, I'm the least of all the apostles because I persecuted the church. He said, I know the humility that I need to walk in before the Lord. Acts chapter 7, Moses. Moses, a child of destiny call of God on his life, miraculously preserved in a little ark on the Nile River when the death decree was out that all the male infants should be slain, the infants of the people of God. The Bible says at this time Moses was born and was well-pleasing to God. Well-pleasing to God. And he was brought up in his father's house for three months, but when he was set out, Pharaoh's daughter took him away and brought him up as her own son. And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and deeds. Mighty in words and deeds. Now when he was 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended and avenged him who was oppressed and struck down the Egyptian. For he supposed that his brethren would have understood that God would deliver them by his hand. But they did not understand. And the next day he appeared to two of them as they were fighting and tried to reconcile them, saying, Men, you are brethren, why do you wrong one another? But he who did his neighbor wrong pushed him away, saying, who made you a ruler and a judge over us? Do you want to kill me as you did the Egyptian yesterday? Then at, that saying, at this saying, Moses fled and became a dweller in the land of Midian where he had two sons. 
And when 40 years had passed, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire in a bush in the wilderness of Mount Sinai. When Moses was 40 years of age, he had a call of God on his life. He knew he was called to be a deliverer of God's people. And at 40 years of age, he went out in the pride of his own strength and slew an Egyptian. He avenged his brother. Forty years later, he stood at the burning bush and said, Who am I? Call of God came. Who am I, Lord? Forty years early, he was saying, Look who I am. Trained in all the wisdom of the Egyptians, mighty in deeds and words. I can rally the people. I can lead the people. Forty years later, who am I? And he argued with God at the call. He said, I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. Forty years earlier, he was a skillful orator. He was a gifted speaker, mighty in words and deeds. Now he said, I cannot speak. Was he lying? No, he understood that nothing could be done except by the power of God and his own ability and his own oratory skills and his motivation of the people would never bring the deliverance that was needed. A quote from D.L. Moody. Moses spent 40 years thinking he was somebody, 40 years learning he was nobody, and 40 years discovering what God could do with a nobody. <laughs> Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Moses humbled himself in the sight of the Lord, and by the rod of God, with the rod of God in his hand and the word of God in his mouth, by the power of God, he delivered a nation out of Egyptian bondage. One and a half to two million people led them out of Egypt under the power of God through the wilderness and brought them to Canaan, the land of Israel, which they possessed and inherited by the Lord. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, and he will exalt you in due time. Numbers chapter 12. Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. Sometimes there's contention in the church. Sometimes there's contention in a ministry family. Miriam and Aaron, the older sister and brother to Moses. And they didn't like their sister-in-law. Took up an attitude and spirit against her. They spoke against Moses. So they said, has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard it. And the Lord heard it. Miriam and Aaron were facing a pride temptation in their lives. Miriam, a prophetess. Aaron, a prophet. My, they'd been used so mightily of God. Miriam had danced with the women on the shores of the Red Sea. 
led them in worship and praises. She was revered and honored in the camp of Israel, and the Bible shows that. Aaron, a spokesman for Moses, such a high position. Can you imagine? The high priest of Israel, the highest ministry in the nation. And they're under a pride attack. They're filled with pride. They've got contention in their heart. Verse 3, Now the man Moses was very humble, more than all men who were on the face of the earth. Suddenly the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, Come out, you three, to the tabernacle of meeting. So the three came out. Then the Lord came down in the pillar of cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam, and they both went forward. Then he said, Hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. The house of the Lord. He is faithful in all my house. I speak with him face to face as a friend, even plainly and not in dark sayings. He's got my voice in him. He hears me speak, and he sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Humble, meek, surrendered to the Lord. We must be careful what we say about other people, whether in the pulpit or in the pew. People on whose life God's hand rests. Verse 9, So the anger of the Lord was aroused against them, and he departed. And when the cloud departed from above the tabernacle, suddenly Miriam became leprous, as white as snow. Then Aaron turned toward Miriam, and there she was, a leper. So Aaron said to Moses, O oh my Lord, please do not lay this sin on us in which we have done foolishly and in which we have sinned. Please do not let her be as one dead, whose flesh is half consumed when he comes out of his mother's womb. Leprosy, a symbol of sin, of pride. Verse 13, so Moses cried out to the Lord, saying, Please heal her, O God, I pray. Then the Lord said to Moses, If her father had but spit in her face, would she not be shamed seven days? Well, this isn't in our world today, but these are the words of the Lord. Daughter that was walking in indiscretion, bringing shame and humiliation upon her, it's like the father would spit in her face and it would correct her, would stop her in her tracks and she'd never walk that way again. So Miriam was shut out of the camp seven days and the people did not journey till Miriam was brought in again. For seven days, Miriam was shut out of the camp. The Lord healed her of leprosy. And she dealt in the presence of God for seven days. When we're facing pride and contention and strife in our hearts, and we can't get along with our brothers and sisters, and we can't get along with our in-laws and relatives, and we've got this agitation going on and this pride and these words pouring out of us of accusation and strife, how about we spend seven days in the presence of the Lord 
seeking God, some fasting prayers. Lord, break this out of my spirit. Break this pride and contention out of me. And that's what Miriam did. And the Bible says that she was brought in again. Repent, and you're on your way again. When we feel pride creeping up in our heart, selfish ambition, conceit, our own way, we grasp at position that's not ours. Let's deal with that and then move on again with the people of the Lord. Don't stay out of the camp forever. A pride attack on your life, contention, strife, get a wrong spirit, get critical of the people of God, maybe had a fallout with a brother or sister, never going to church again. Walk out of the church. No, deal with the pride and then journey on with the people of the Lord. That's God's will. That's God's way. Don't shut yourself out from the blessing and the goodness and the power and prosperity of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Let's have the worship team come. Is there anyone tonight that's dealing with pride? Sense pride creeping up in your heart? You know, it's subtle at first, and then it comes on strong. The meek shall inherit the earth. Listen, there's not a person that doesn't deal with pride. So let's deal with it. So it doesn't ruin us and take us out of the presence and will of God and the usefulness of God. Humility is the secret of usefulness. When my mother, who passed away three years ago now in October, in 2015, when she was 92 years of age, she took a severe downturn. She served the Lord and loved the Lord purely all her life. Severe downturn for six weeks. It was so severe that after a week or two, she was so weak she couldn't feed herself. She was in the hospital. We called the family. We didn't know if she would live but a few days. After a few weeks, they put her in special care in the care home and a certain uh, department where they were looking after her and assisting her. And the Lord miraculously touched her life. And she said, the Lord, I'm going home tomorrow. I'm, I'm leaving this place tomorrow, one day she told us. Because the Lord had spoken to her that she was going to be raised out of there and go back and live a normal life with my father. And so the days went by, and she's in there, struggling along and delirious in her mind. They... When she finally, she did leave the day the Lord said and go back, she was totally restored in mind, her body. And they said to us, the people that are in that care facility, they said, in the history of this facility, there has never been a person that's been admitted to this section and this ward that has ever come out of here. Your mother is the one and only one that we know of. My mother said she came back from the dead. The Lord raised her up miraculously. 
So I said to her after it was over and she was back in her right mind and she lived another four and a half years in strength and joy, able to walk and eat and drink and enjoy all the goodness of the Lord till the day she went home. But I said, Mom, you know, what, what, what was that about? She said, Son, the Lord was dealing with pride in my life. I said, Mom, you're the least proud person I know. She said, everyone deals with pride. She said, everyone deals with pride. So let's learn to deal with it. When we sense it creeping up, grasping, don't want to serve, contention, words, strife in the home, strife among the relatives, contention and criticism in the church. Let's learn to deal with our pride. Let's humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Moses was the most meek man in all the earth, it says. Pride broken out of him. He knew how to walk in humility, and look how the Lord used him on the pages of the Old Testament. There is not a greater person than Moses. What a lesson. It's there for our instruction. It's there for us to learn. As a young man, he walked in his own strength, pride of his strength, what he thought he could do. Broken. Humbled himself before the Lord, and the Lord lifted him up. Let's close with Proverbs 22.4. How beautiful is this? By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Let's stand tonight. Let's deal with our hearts tonight. humble ourselves. Let's spurn pride. there's any pride creeping up in our hearts tonight, let's repent of it. Let's deal with it. Let's get back into right relationship. Let's get back into the camp. Let's move on with God. Humility. Secret of usefulness. The altars are open for any that have needs, prayer requests, you'd like prayer tonight, or you want to come and humble yourself before the Lord. Maybe you don't know the Lord. Maybe you're wayward in spirit. Tonight you say, I'm coming. I need the Lord. I've been contentious. I'm going my own way. I'm pulling my way. I'm not surrendered beautifully to the Lord like I should be. Come and let the Lord touch you and strengthen you and lift you up tonight. You can walk on in his ways and his beauty and be a blessing in the name of Jesus.